welcome to the Fine Lion, the Brisbane Lions podcast for the fans, by the fans, here to talk all things Brisbane Lions and the AFL in 2018. Uh, what a week we've got to start of footy. Uh, we're going to delve into the embarrassment that was the performance last weekend against Richmond at the MCG. We're going to have a quick look at the needful and see who's pressing for selection for, of course, the big upcoming Q clash. And we're going to cast our eye around the AFL at the results that were puffed up last weekend. Uh, but we begin, of course, as we always do, with a review of the match. And this one does feel more like an autopsy than a review. Brisbane were giving a hiding in every possible facet of the game last Saturday afternoon. Uh, indeed, it was a game in no way, shape or form a contest. Uh, Richmond really in the end just doing as they liked, uh, really running around uh, with witches hats as opposition for most of the game. Uh, the effort, well, it didn't seem to be there in a lot of ways. Uh, it seemed that uh, the Brisbane really were devoid of ideas after the, the initial first quarter uh, and really Brisbane were were really embarrassed in a lot of different ways and, and you can only hear the Bronx cheers that happened when they kicked their first goal late in time on in the third quarter to understand how the majority felt about their effort. Uh, I guess for me, where, where do you start on this one? Well, the two goals was incredibly disappointing. Brisbane's lowest score ever, uh, which is never a good place to be starting. Uh, and I think the disappointing thing was, again, after so much promise last week, uh, to see it come back to the field was going to be um, a reality check for Brisbane and where they currently stand with respect to the competition. Um, the stats really flattered Brisbane in a lot of ways. They, they seem to be relatively competitive. If you actually looked at a pure statistical analysis of the game, they only just got shaded in disposals. Uh, there was a pretty comfortable advantage for inside 50s for Richmond. Uh, and Brisbane, uh, funnily enough, actually won the clearances and was certainly competitive in the contested ball as well. Uh, and I think it's been clear that that contested ball and the clearances has been a real focus for the team across 2018, the preseason. Uh, that's been representing itself well, and, and one can only shudder to think that if they didn't get that advantage on Saturday, what the score potentially could have ended up as. Um, but the reality was it was a hiding. Um, although, you know, as a, as, a, as a Lions fan and as a, a casual observer, you, you shook your head at a few of the umpiring decisions that took place. Um, it really didn't affect the eventual outcome. Uh, one can argue, though, or one can certainly beg the question how a goal gets kicked to start the game uh, with no discernible evidence to overturn it. It gets called a goal, and somehow that becomes a point. Uh, whether that was a situation where the wrong button simply got pressed uh, or maybe some gremlins that might have been occurring in the third umpire's, uh, the third umpire's screen, uh, certainly that one was a hard one to work out. But uh, the reality was, although that might have given us a bit of a confidence and a bit of a run early on in the game, it certainly didn't change the outcome in one way, shape or form. And I thought that Chris Fagan made a really telling uh, comment in his post-game interview where he said that improvement is, is never linear. Certainly it is an up-and-down ride that uh, not only we go on as fans, but certainly the players do as well. And I guess if there's any positives to be gleaned from this game, uh, it's probably a game that a couple of years ago or even you know in the early parts of 2017, you would have found that Brisbane got a hiding in every single stat category. So... Uh, no doubt across the off-season, there's been a real focus on the contested ball. There's been a real focus on the clearances. Uh, and really, that has been a real highlight for us so far in this year. It's allowed us to uh, to wrestle back some momentum against Port Adelaide. It certainly gave us that run in the second half against Melbourne as well. So that's a, that's a certainly a pleasing thing. But I think to focus on that would be to uh, to toss away all the disappointing things that did occur 
on Saturday. Uh, and I think part of the disappointment as a fan comes in the fact that they were so impressive uh, against Port Adelaide. Uh, in reality, it was probably a game where we, we probably anticipated this sort of scoreline to be the case. Uh, going down to a hostile crowd in Adelaide uh, against a red-hot Port Adelaide team with, with seemingly stars on every line. Uh, but the Brisbane Lions did take it up to them and certainly gave themselves every possibility to win the game. And one could argue that if Alan Christensen could have got another couple of metres on the ball, then, uh, then certainly they would have ended up with the right result coming home. Uh, and I guess that's what really made this this uh, game on last Saturday so disappointing as our expectations were were uh, increased after that Port Adelaide performance and after the second half against Melbourne at the Gabba as well. Uh, but then to serve up what they did on Saturday was, was incredibly, incredibly disappointing. Uh, a couple of bright spots for me, though. I thought Cameron Rayner played his best game for the club. Uh, clearly, he was he was influential around the contest. Uh, and you can certainly see that uh, he's a player that isn't short on confidence and is willing to back himself uh, at every opportunity. And uh, I think he's going to be a real a real force as he gets more of those run into the legs and certainly as he get, tends to feel more comfortable uh, at the AFL level, which we could already see occurring at this present point of time. Uh, Mitch Robinson, uh, as he always does, is a wholehearted effort. It seems that Mitch uh, tends to go really well in the games where Brisbane do get belted. He's one of those guys that just never stops trying. Uh, his effort level is non-negotiable, and that tends to shine out when the, when the team uh, is playing as poorly as they did. Uh, but outside of those couple of couple of contributors, you probably can't find too much joy uh, anywhere else. A few things that shone out to me uh, was the lack of tackles. Our leading tackler had five uh, and no one got more than that, which is which is a real damning statistic when you consider that uh, the Richmond, especially in the first half, had so much of the ball and really seemed to bully us around the contest, uh, either with both bigger bodies, but also with more intent, uh, both at the ball and at the man as well. Uh, and if we are looking at it critically, uh, as we do, certainly as a team whose focus is contested ball, it did feel in that first half that Richmond were just able to really get their hands on it first. Uh, or when Brisbane had it, there was so much pressure coming from Richmond, which of course has been the cornerstone of their game uh, across the last few years, really culminating in that successful triumph in 2017. Uh, Dane Beams, well, he had a, a poor game, uh, certainly by his lofty standards, by any standards that he has set uh, deed for himself across his career. It's it's pretty easy to see, and I know the commentators were, were red hot in saying that he just didn't look like himself, uh, although he still had 25 disposals, 13 kicks, 12 handballs. He didn't seem to be his usual uh, breakage self, particularly around the contest, didn't seem to have any explosiveness as well coming the other side, and, and certainly looked like he was protecting his body somewhat. Whether that is a match fitness thing, uh, whether it is a sign of a long-term problem that may be lingering around, that's something we'll watch with interest across the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, a shout-out to Zach Bailey, who made his debut. Certainly didn't look overawed by the uh, by the occasion whatsoever, and in fact had a couple of really impressive moments. Uh, the commentators also lauded him for taking on the tackler at one point, uh, and certainly saying that if he continues to back himself, he'll be uh, rewarded more times than indeed he'll be penalised, and we're looking forward to watching Zach's development across the latter part of 2018. Um, that's Richmond's 12th in a row against Brisbane, uh, certainly for a team that was a laughing stock of the competition for many, many years. Uh, Richmond now have really got the ascendancy over Brisbane in, in pretty every every manner. Uh, their big four of Cochin, Martin, Rance and Jack Rewalt just about ran riot. Uh, Dusty Martin, of course, kicking six, getting on the end of a few cheap ones there, but as Dusty always does, uh, is a destructive force going forward. Um, it's one of those games, I think, where Brisbane hopefully will take a lot out of it from a learning point of view. And certainly, 
if Richmond is the game style that they're trying to emulate, and that's been the comments that have come out uh, of Brisbane Lions headquarters, uh, again, the latter part of 2017 and early 2018, well, there's plenty there that they can look at and, and give as teaching moments to their young group, uh, saying that their standard uh, needs to be lifted indeed if they want to become one of the uh, the powerhouse of the competition, which really Richmond now have become. Uh, the end result, though, of all that last Saturday is that Brisbane now start the season 0-4. Uh, it seems every season we seem to be starting 0-4 other than that great victory over the uh, the Gold Coast Suns uh, in the early part of 2017. But it just makes it such a hard grind for the group when you're not getting any reward for effort. And again, the, thing, the frustrating thing is uh, against St Kilda in round one, they certainly had the opportunities to win that game. Uh, Melbourne, they, they got right back and got level in the fourth quarter and couldn't quite close out the game. And certainly Port Adelaide, as we mentioned, uh, a little bit leg, more leg on Bundy Christensen's snap, and we're looking at a win over Port Adelaide in Adelaide. But none of that matters when you look at the scorecard and you look at that we're 0-4, and, uh, and again, looking up at the competition as it seems to have been uh, pretty much every year for the last 10. Uh, so what happens from here? Well, obviously, a coup clash to look forward to. We're going to delve into that into a bit of detail a little bit later on. But I thought it might be prudent for us to have a quick look at the Neeful game that occurred last Saturday. Uh, Brisbane Lions, of course, being victorious, or excitedly being victorious over the Sydney Swans. Uh, you don't hear that very often, so we'll celebrate it. doesn't matter if it was a Neeful game or not. But it was Brisbane 1910, 124 defeating the Sydney Swans 10-14-74 at the centre and the home of football that is the Moreton Bay Central Sports Complex out in Burpengary. Uh, encouraging signs, though, for the Lions reserves and certainly encouraging signs for the depth as well, which no doubt will be tested across the next few weeks as not only uh, injuries, of course, will, will continue to mount as they always do, but also the fact that you're going to imagine that Chris Fagan, uh, probably pretty unhappy with the effort levels that did occur last Saturday, will certainly be looking to swing the changes and make some... Uh, Make some moves as well to try and find that winning formula and see what he can do to get the best possible side out there and giving Brisbane the best possible chance of winning matches as well. Uh, some of the best performers, well, Brisbane listed their best as Clay Beans, Ryan Lester, Tom Bell, Corey Lyons, Jacob Allison, and Daniel McStay. Uh, we'll, um, we'll have a look later on to see which one of those players could potentially make a return in round five against the Gold Coast. Uh, but an encouraging effort from the Lions reserves. Again, they've gone through some particularly tough years also, but it is starting to show that the depth is improving, and that's certainly encouraging from a Brisbane point of view. Uh, so they're not just always working on plan A. Indeed, players are pushing to make sure they can try and get into that side for the remainder of the season. Uh, we look around the AFL and what happened in round four. Well, certainly uh, a number of results that really did raise the eyebrows, uh, not the least of which was on Friday night when Collingwood defeated Adelaide in Adelaide by 48 points. It seems just when we're ready to write Nathan Buckley's obituary, indeed something does step up uh, and the team responds and they've certainly done that by putting their mark on on the competition by beating Adelaide, as we mentioned, at the Adelaide Oval by 48 points. Uh, GWS, well, they got home against Fremantle by 31 points. 
Uh, we look at Sydney, what a great game that was against the Bulldogs on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening. They got home by seven, but again, a couple of missteps by the Bulldogs and certainly could have seen that result go the other way. Uh, no doubt the youngster from the Western Bulldogs, uh, Dunkley, he'll be having nightmares about running into that open goal, taking that mark and potentially bringing the Bulldogs back into that game, but unfortunately wasn't able to do it. But we see the class and the experience of Sydney just managing to hold on there and salute for another victory. Uh, North Melbourne, well, they thumped Carlton, uh, and that's going to be a real concerning result, I'd imagine, to Brennan Bolton and all the team there at Carlton. The Kangaroos got home by 86 points in the end. Uh, plenty of soul-searching to be going on with Carlton, I imagine, inside the next few weeks. Uh, the Eagles, well, they very comfortably accounted for the Gold Coast Suns. Um, the Suns, well, they were coming off a, a two-week stay or a week-long stint over there in the West. They played Fremantle last week, didn't get the chocolates then, and certainly uh, the West Coast Eagles brought them back to earth after that 2-0 start prior to the West trip by bringing them back to a neat 2-2 two two ledger. Uh, the Eagles, well, they really dominated every facet of that game as well. Uh, one where, although the Suns kicked on in the late in the first quarter to give themselves some sort of opportunity, it never really looked like they were in that contest, and the Eagles, uh, too good an outfit to let them back at the sniff. Uh, the Bombers, well, they beat Port Adelaide. So the Bomber resurgence, it seems to be the week for the Melbourne clubs. They got home by 22 over Port Adelaide at Eddie Had on Sunday. Uh, the Hawks thumped Melbourne, uh, another club, I believe, Melbourne, that'll probably be looking in the mirror and having a, a pretty good evaluation of where they do stand. Uh, indeed, there's some such high expectations on Melbourne coming into the season. But the Hawthorne, what a resilient team they are. It just seems that uh, they just keep going. It doesn't matter who they lose or who they bring in. Uh, they just look so comfortable there in, in getting over the top of the Demons and never really challenged as they kicked away in that game. Uh, and the Cats beat the disappointing Saints by 47 late on Sunday also. Uh, so if we look at how that does mean that we shape up with the ladder, uh, well, it's, it's getting to an interesting time of the year where indeed that form line does start to represent itself with the early days. Uh, GWS, well, they're on top. They've won three. Uh, joined with the three wins by the West Coast Eagles, Richmond, Hawthorne and Port Adelaide, as well as the Sydney Swans uh, and then a host of teams on two wins, uh, a few teams on one wins and it leaves, does leave, unfortunately, the Brisbane Lions and Carlton with the only teams yet to salute and hear the song in 2018. In saying that, well, this could be the week indeed where Brisbane do manage to salute the scorers, we do hope. But they head home and they return home to the Gabba for the Sunday afternoon 4.40 slot and they take on their local rivals, the Gold Coast Suns, or as they've been known in the early part of 2018, the Nomadic Suns are indeed having to travel away due to Metricon being unavailable with the Commonwealth Games. Uh, what a clash this is going to be, and, and it's hyped up for different reasons that you're probably going to see a, a preliminary final or a grand final or even an Anzac Day clash hyped up. But it brings two teams that are in a really desperate situation head-to-head. Uh, -head. Uh, and I actually like the Lions' chances here on Sunday, uh, although I'm usually pessimistic. I do think we match up pretty well against the Gold Coast Suns, uh, and I'm hoping that indeed last Saturday was just an apparition and we are looking forward to see more of that form that we experienced in the second half against Melbourne and also Port Adelaide. Also, uh, a few of the really key matchups for me, well, I think uh, you can't start and stop with the Gold Coast Suns without talking about Tom Lynch. Uh, what a wonderful player Tom Lynch is and, uh, and one would hope for the future of the, and the survival of the Gold Coast Suns that he does elect to stay there, sign that new contract and stay on the coast uh, for many years to come. Uh, I could imagine that losing Tom Lynch would be a blow to a Melbourne club, 
that the club may not be able to recover from, and that's not being overly dramatic uh, other than to say that Tom Lynch at the moment really is the one bright spot the Gold Coast Suns do have to hitch their wagon to. Uh, his clash with Harris Andrews on Sunday is going to be particularly intriguing. Uh, I thought Harris Andrews battled manfully, as he always did, uh, always always does last Saturday, uh, without a lot of support, and it must be said that the ball was coming in there an awful lot of times, and, and really there's only so much that you can do. Uh, Harris certainly not without mistakes, uh, a couple of marks that he, he usually would take, or you'd certainly expect a defender of his calibre to take, uh, but on the whole I thought did a pretty solid job uh, marshalling that back line. Um, his clash with Tom Lynch is going to be fascinating. Uh, he's had some really good success against Harris. Of course, we could cast our mind back to the infamous Rock and Ede comments uh, where he basically accused Harris of getting away with all sorts of things uh, against Tom Lynch. Um, my response to that would be, well, I hope that you see Alex Rance's game on the weekend. It seems that Alex Rance has almost an immunity against getting free kicks paid against him. Uh, no matter what he seems to do, it seems to just be a, a mark of the best defender uh, in the league rather than any illegal infringement that uh, the naked eye may have picked up. Uh, but Harris Andrews, with previous success against Tom Lynch, will no doubt get that job. He's really the only Brisbane Lions defender uh, that's built or, or indeed has the size to, to go with Tom Lynch. Um, and look, Tom Lynch is, is such a good player that you'd almost count if Lynch only kicks three or four, uh, that's a real win for that contest. And, and that will probably be the focus, I'd imagine, is limiting his damage, limiting his input, uh, and then seeing what else they can do with the other defenders. Um, up forward, well, they're also going to rely on um, on Darcy Gardner to be stopping uh, probably Sam Day, I would imagine, uh, or he may go to uh, to a, a matchup like Jack Martin, uh, who indeed has been particularly dangerous and very, very threatening across the first few rounds of the competition. Looking down the other end, well, I can only imagine that Stephen May will go to Eric Hipwood, which I can imagine is going to be another fairly difficult day for Eric Hipwood. Uh, it has to be said, hasn't had a great season so far. Seems to be persisting and, and, and certainly putting himself in the right spots, but it just doesn't seem like it's really happened for, for Eric uh, thus far this year. Um, it does seem to be that he's lacking a real support up in that um, up in that front half. And you can only imagine that if he had a, a Tom Lynch, uh, and there's not many Tom Lynches in the competition, but if you had a Tom Lynch standing up next to him in that uh, in that front half, taking the best defender and indeed taking most of the attention as well, just how much, uh, how much damage that Eric Hipwood would do. But the reality of the situation with the Brisbane Lions right now is that Eric Hipwood is their most dangerous forward, uh, although Josh Walker might be floating through there and certainly Josh... Um, has had some reasonable games, nowhere near as accomplished or as threatening other teams would see as Eric Hipwood, which unfortunately for Eric means that the best defender heads in his direction more times than not. Uh, no doubt for the Gold Coast Suns that Stephen May is their best defender, indeed one of the best defenders in the league as well, Stephen, so Eric Hipwood likely to have a tough day on Sunday. What that means? Well, it means that uh, Josh Walker has to really stand up as that second option up forward. Uh, has been clunking some strong marks in the last few weeks, but certainly need that to, co uh, to continue. And they really probably need Josh to impact the scoreboard this week as well. Uh, if you can get a return of three or four goals out of Josh Walker, well, it certainly makes you on the right path to kicking that winning score. Uh, but I would imagine that Charlie Cameron, uh, certainly some X factor there. And we, we could even see Stephen May go to Charlie Cameron with how threatening Charlie has been in the early parts of 2018. Um, whether he does go to him or whether they look for one of their smaller, speedier defenders to try and match up on Charlie Cameron, uh, that'll be a fascinating uh, duo to watch because no doubt Brisbane's... Uh, Brisbane's ability to kick that winning score really probably does uh, live and die a little bit with Charlie Cameron's performance at the moment. Uh, he was quiet last Saturday. He was certainly well held. 
uh, and this is a good weekend for him to be able to redeem himself and maybe put himself in a position to be taking home the coveted Marcus Ashcroft medal. We head into the midfield, and it's going to be some uh, some interesting battles in there, I would imagine. Brisbane's midfield so far in 2018 has been slightly disappointing, particularly their headliners, as we mentioned, Dane Beams earlier. Um, just struggling to find his lofty heights and Dane Zorko being well held or, or being tagged uh, each week. And Dane's been able to flash in and out. Uh, that's Dane Zorko. Uh, has been able to flash in and out. And, and certainly one thing I have noticed about Dane, uh, and I did note in the recent Northern Exposure podcast, they spoke about this with Dane as well, uh, was how much his focus has turned to the defensive side of the game, that if he is being well held, well being able to lay the tackles, and, uh, and I believe he had 11 tackles against Port Adelaide, which certainly reflected that effort. Uh, he was well held again on Saturday, certainly below his recent standards and what he has been uh, capable of putting up, particularly in 2017, where he had that wonderful year and did become All-Australian. Uh, supporting them, well, Jared Berry, he's battled manfully so far this year, but again, a second-year player, along with Hugh McGluggage, who's had some good games also, uh, not ready to take on the load of the midfield, and they probably do require that assistance from one or both of the Danes to really make sure that midfield is firing on all cylinders. Uh, we can expect to see some pretty regular rotations through there. We saw Charlie Cameron go in there as a bit of a desperation move on Saturday afternoon to try and uh, stimulate something out of the midfield uh, and maybe some bigger bodied uh, players like Mitch Robinson to help out with the clearances. Also, uh, the Suns midfield is a bit of an interesting group. They've been up and down across um, the last few weeks as well. Um, indeed, Aaron Hall is one where has copped a lot of criticism for, for his game a couple of weeks ago against Fremantle where he was so well held uh, by his tagger. Uh, struggled to get off the chain at all and, and put up a really disappointing performance with only a handful of touches uh, and indeed lack of impact on the game. And one thing that he copped a lot of criticism for was his lack of defensive pressure. Uh, Aaron Hall's game is not built on defensive pressure, it must be said, but uh, the expectation, no doubt, from Stuart Jew and the rest of the Gold Coast Suns team is that if Aaron Hall is going to be part of that midfield, uh, those efforts do have to go both ways. He responded with 26 touches last weekend. Uh, wasn't particularly damaging, but uh, was certainly one of their leading leading midfielders, along with David Swallow, who had 29, and Jared Lyons, who's proved to be an excellent pickup in 2018, and he had 26 touches also. Uh, Lockie Well is another one with 23 touches, who's been relatively successful uh, with his transition across from the Fremantle Football Club. So the battle really is going to be won and lost, I think, in the midfield. Uh, it's going to be the onus on Brisbane about making sure that they do capitalise on Stefan Martin and what he's been doing around the ground to try and get their hands on the, the, the footy as much as they can. Uh, Stefan Martin up against Jared Witch. You'd expect Stefan there to be able to take the points on a pretty regular basis and continue his damaging form around the ground to give them that first usage. Not only the ball, but also as he has been, he's been accumulating possessions on a pretty regular basis uh, in 2018 as well. So if they can win that battle in the midfield, and certainly limit that supply down to Tom Lynch and, and make sure they have plenty of chop-outs for Harris Andrews uh, to help him along also. Well, they're going to go a long, long way to winning that game of football. Uh, in terms of changes into the team, well, it's always a bit of a hard one to predict. Uh, but I imagine the players they're going to look at are going to be some pretty regular names and some pretty names that are well-known to the Brisbane Lions faithful. Uh, Ryan Lester, it does remain to be seen whether Ryan's demotion to the reserves was just a little bit of a wake-up call for one week or whether that is the sign of something a little bit more permanent. Uh, they might like his experience around the ball. Um, Tom Bell is another one uh, who, uh, who might be most Lions fans would be more, but certainly does bring... Uh, something to the team that uh, that they may be lacking at this present point of time. 
Uh, my actual tip, though, to come back in this game, just for pure flexibility, might be Daniel McStay. Uh, I like the, the flexibility that McStay gives them, both going forward and going back and having that opportunity to do that. Um, so whether they see that as part of their lineup against uh, against the Suns, they might look to stretch them particularly forward. Well, that does remain to be seen. Uh, McStay, again, got named in the best last weekend, uh, or whether they want that performance to be continued off a few weeks. Uh, I think Zach Bailey will hold his spot. He certainly probably did enough to show that he's up to the pace of the AFL game. Uh, indeed, bringing that bit of pace into the side, uh, a team, although with the addition of Charlie Cameron this year, uh, still not overly endowed with pace, uh, they will look to utilise that uh, as best they can. Uh, in terms of who else comes out and who else goes in, well, it is a bit of a guessing game, as we did discuss earlier. Uh, Sam Mays might be one that faces a bit of pressure. Indeed, he seemed to struggle uh, on Saturday and hasn't had a great start to 2017, it had be, has to be said. Uh, Sam, though, is one of our experienced players and uh, went on song, can be a great user of the football and, and a wonderful creative force off half-back. So how long his leash will be a really fascinating thing to see when those teams do get named uh, on Thursday and then finalised on Friday also. Uh, outside of that, well, who knows who could come in, who could go out. Uh, with the disappointing performance that we did have last Saturday, it really is uh, a decision for Chris Fagan and the selection committee. Do they send a message by saying to the team, hey, we, we believe in you. Uh, we're going to stick that with our what we believe is our best 22. Uh, maybe just making the uh, the room for someone like Daniel Rich to come back from injury, or at that point to actually say, no, we need to put a line in the sand and we need to keep uh, changing this 22 to make sure we find uh, 22 regular contributors whose effort is going to be non-negotiable. Uh, no doubt many Lions fans will be watching uh, anxiously uh, on Thursday night and on Friday to see who does get named for the Q Clash. Uh, my prediction for the Q Clash, well, I'm a little bit buoyant about this game. I do think Brisbane, as I mentioned earlier, do match up relatively well with the Gold Coast Suns, uh, and I'm certainly hoping and expecting that they do have a victory. I think it will be close, but I think the Gabba crowd, uh, hopefully people do turn up after the, the disappointing result last week and haven't quite microwaved the memberships just yet. They do come up, and they're in loud voice on the Sunday afternoon and do all they can to try and get Brisbane home. Uh, my tip for the Marcus Ashcroft medal, well, I'm actually backing a bounce-back game from Dane Beams. I think Dane uh, will be one indeed that uh, will have plenty to prove on Sunday uh, with the tough circumstances that he's been through lately. Uh, I do hope for a good game for Dane on Sunday, and I do hope he's wearing that Marcus Ashcroft medal at the end of the match. Uh, that's all for us this week. Uh, we do thank you again so much for joining us from the Fine Lion podcast. It's great to have your company along with us. Uh, we're very much looking forward to talking all things Q-Clash immediately after the siren on Sunday. Uh, so please do reach out. We'd love to hear from you if you do have any questions or anything you'd like us to discuss at more length in our next episode. But thanks very much. Uh, looking forward to a great week of footy. Mm-hmm.